from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Do you take advantage of any Cyber Monday deals? I did not. No. I got a Cyber Monday deal in my inbox earlier today from the Carolina Panthers. Nice. Ticket two-pack, only $125. Like, what? Excuse me? Am I getting two tickets for 125 bucks to a game? No. You're actually getting 50% off a two-ticket pack, Panthers versus Steelers on December 18th, and Panthers versus our guy at the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, right? This this is from the email. This holiday season just got even better with this epic deal. Grab your seats for the last two home games of the season at an incredible price. Two ticket packs for only 125 bucks. So, theoretically, you get a seat to two games, NFL games, for 125 bucks. Do you know how much it costs to go to a single Carolina Hurricanes hockey game in the lower bowl? Lower bowl? Yeah. Mm, 85 bucks. No, it's more than that. 85 Single bucks, ticket? Single ticket. It's going to get you, 85 bucks is going to get you like upper deck. Okay. But like 100 level, it's going to cost you over 125 bucks or at $125. By the way, I went to the game on uh, Saturday. How was it? Uh, I I was underwhelmed at a Saturday 4 o'clock vibe. Saturday, no local. No, Duke was home. Duke was home, playing Wake Forest. Um, which, by the way, Mike Elko, your ACC coach of the year, I think that's wrapped. After Five and three, I think, get you there, yes. I think that's going to get you there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I bought a large beer and the loaded fries from that uh, Papa Buena. Right? How much do you think that you, cost You me? have an iron stomach if you got loaded fries at a hockey game. I did. I did. Hey, I didn't get I didn't get the shrimp cocktail at a hockey <laughs> game, okay? Like, I saw... But that's easier on your stomach dude, than loaded fries. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saw a guy roll up with shrimp cocktail <laughs> at the hockey game. And look, PNC Arena concessions, they're good. I mean, how many media meals have we had? That they that they cater for hurricane games, right? They They're do, great. They, they do an unbelievable job. They do it. They do a great job. Uh, the arena club dining area, awesome. But there is like a bridge too far for me sometimes, and I don't know about having shrimp cocktail at a hockey game. You have seafood hangups, though. I do have some seafood hangups. Yeah. Are you gonna get? Are you gonna go raw bar? Are you gonna get like oysters on the half shell at a hockey game? <laughs> I don't know. Would you get sushi at a hockey game? It's probably cold enough in the building to have yeah, the raw bar. Is. Maybe it is. I would, Sterile. I will have the sushi off the actual ice. How about that? Maybe I'll do that. No, so anyway, so I had a large beer. I had a seven Saturdays from So R&D. a large beer is Large seven bucks. Saturdays. Large seven Saturdays and Papa Buena. Your fries were at least 12. So it was 25 bucks for the two. <laughs> no. With tip, which now like they just yeah, put yeah, on the yeah, thing, you right? Gotta get, yeah, you get shamed. You, get you got sh- tip shamed. No, seriously, like it's like it's just presenting you, right? Like, 15, 20, 25. Good job, great job, amazing job. And they're like staring at you. What are you gonna do? Yeah. And of course, knowing what knowing what we know, yeah, man, give them the tip. Just a tip. Thirty eight bucks. Loaded with what? It was like Filet mignon? It was like Greek. Holy uh, mother- yeah, I didn't. I didn't even have meatballs. I had the Greek. Uh, I had the Greek. The the it had like tzatziki and chicken and some other stuff on it. It was good. They're good. 
but large it's beer like airplane fr- prices. Yeah, large beer, French fries. It's like a casino on an airplane price. Eight freaking dollars. <laughs> also, shout out to the Category Five Red Punch. Do you want to know how many grams of sugar that thing has? Because Jacob, uh, who I took to the game, he's he's big on sugar content for some reason. Okay, he's obsessed with sugar content. I don't know why. This is a this is a kids drink. Category five yeah, red punch. Not I, a, not an adult see, like at, served out of a bathtub. I it, it's yeah. It's not PJ or whatever people call it. I think there's some other names for that. Usually, it's made in a bathtub. Point is that when Category five came out. I thought it was like a hard seltzer. Yeah. Like some sort of four loco that they were putting out there. I was like, I'm intrigued. Go on. Four loco at a hockey game? I'm sure you can bring in your own uh, airplane bottle yeah, maybe, to maybe I can. spice it up a but little no, bit. But no, apparently it's Pepsi's version of Fruit Punch that they've labeled for the Hurricanes called Category 5. One bottle was 67 grams of sugar. That's 115% of your daily allotment of sugar. Feels like a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And even my son, who is a huge sugar fiend, was like, this is too much. He drew the line. He drew the line because he drinks Haritos all the damn time. Yeah. The Mexican sodas. And those have a ton of sugar in them. Regardless. My point is. So you had a big day at the game then. In what sense? I mean, there's Category 5s. There's beer. Oh, yeah. There's loaded fries. Yeah. Well. Parking. It helps. It helps to work at Capital Broadcast. Dundon on the phone, man. It helps to work at Capital. Remember, Broadcast. he told us we're supposed to call him with our complaints. It's not a complaint. <laughs> it was just more of like uh, all of this is to say, it was sticker shock. It's not so much sticker shock, but my, I have a thesis when it comes to sporting events, okay, in our business, because oftentimes what ends up happening is that people see crowd shots and they go, "Where is everybody? Why don't you love the team like you should?" And everybody gets all up in arms, like, "Well, because." You know, you have a press parking pass that rolls you right up to the damn stadium. Right. Okay? And you have a seat that costs you nothing. Now it's work. Okay? Oh, and you get fed. You get fed. You go to a Carolina game, sometimes you're getting Bojangles for free. You know how much that Bojangles costs at Keenan? Exactly. So I have a, I have a, I have a, a thesis. Something that I would propose in the future. If they like, you know, the whole, if we did like a dumb sports radio bit where we talked about, you know, if you were commissioner of all sports, what would you do? I have a very simple one. You would do the the doctor thing where you make the doctor be the patient. I would, yes. I would actually make it so that everybody who covers sports has to go to a game like a normal person so they have an understanding why things are not the way you envision them to be. And a prime example of this would be going to a hockey game and dropping 30 bucks on parking, dropping $38 on some fries and a beer. Not on, And that's all on top of ticket prices. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I digress. Back to the Panthers and the ticket prices. Whether you realize it or not, because the idea is, well, who wants to watch the Panthers at this point? For 125 bucks, man, that tells you where things are right now. You don't want to watch a team in the wild card hunt? That's right, folks. The Carolina Panthers are absolutely in the wild card hunt after they beat the Denver Broncos, who I always wonder when they're going to hit rock bottom. Sunday might have been rock bottom for the uh, for the Broncos and Russell Wilson. Things are not good. You actually you sent this uh, to us in the uh, Teams chat where even Russell's te- teammates are just over it now. You had uh, I forgot who it was that uh, he that got into. I think it was Mike Mike Purcell 
Mike Purcell got into it or at least yelled something at Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson had nothing to say back. He's like, yeah, man, you're right, you're right. Because their offense stinks. So Russell Wilson was asked about that interaction after the game. Mike and I are on the same page. You know, we, he, um, he came off uh, you know, after they, I think they kicked the field goal, and he, he, was, he was pissed off. He was just said, we got we to F and go, you know. And uh, I, I agree, <laughs> you know. So me and him on the same page. We, you know, we're, there's no, uh, there's no uh, animosity there at all. We, we're on the same page. We, we, we got to win. You know, we got to come out here and have some, uh, some, some grit to us, some mentality to us. We got to be able to win these, you know, these, these, these football games. And, um, you know, so those guys are out there battling every play. You know, on offense, we got to be able to capitalize. And so, um, so yeah, no, there, there's nothing there at all. I mean, me, me and him, there's, there was no, uh, you know, nothing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. He almost cursed there, by the way, which would have been classic. Like, wait a minute. Did the real Russ just show up? Russell Wilson is in – he's, as the kids would say, down bad at this point. His team's not good. He's he's not good. They're stuck with him because if they were to move on from Russell Wilson, the dead cap hit is astronomical. And the worst part about it for Russell Wilson, he's now the punchline. James Brown, Fox Sports. I'm sorry, he's on uh, CBS now. He's not on Fox anymore. The straightest of straight studio guys. Yes. He's a professional. A yep. Pro's pro, man. They were going through the scoreboard, and they looked at the Panthers-Broncos score, and he says, and I quote, Broncos Nation, let's ride to another L. James Brown. Why? He's making fun of Russell Wilson's little catchphrase, let's ride. You got Brian Burns trolling Russell Wilson during yesterday's game. To set this up, Russell Wilson, I forgot what game this was, but he did this weird thing at midfield with the headphones on where he had his arms stretched out. He was just kind of like taking in all the aura yeah, it in. It was like it was a Creed video. Yeah, he was, he was going to take you higher at some yeah. point. Brian Burns did that after getting to Russell Wilson in the middle of the game. And yeah, he admitted, I was trolling Russell Wilson. I trolled Russ a little bit. You did? I did a little bit. Much respect to Russ, bro. I, lo I love Russ, man. He's a great guy. I just had to. It was just there. Yeah, so it wasn't it was a troll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I took a dip into the troll, the troll, the troll thing. But did you come into this game knowing you were gonna do that? No. We just spurred him on. Like at first, I was just flexing, and I was like, Oh yeah, he do do that, huh? And I just did it. So your petty is perpetual. I'm a little petty. I'm a little petty. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's all in the funny games. You know, no disrespect to Russ at all. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's all it's just all funny games. I'm a little petty. It's just a little bit. Did you think that people would pick up on? No, I didn't think anybody would really catch it. I thought I would have to say it, yeah, but no. they, 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 caught they, it. Caught it. <laughs> they caught it. They caught it. They caught it. They caught it. I was being disrespectful, but no disrespect. But no disrespect. That's my guy. But I'm petty. What? Yeah. the The problem for Russell Wilson continues to be the same problem we saw with Cam Newton. He no longer can be an effective runner. No. And when you take that part of his game away from him, can you just be a passer? And other than the opening game against Seattle, he hasn't even thrown for 300 yards. Um, he has eight touchdowns on the season. Um, Cam w Carson Wentz has two more than he does and hasn't played for five weeks. So, you know, it, it's he's 33. Mm -hmm. It was 10 years in Seattle. That's a lot of hard miles. You add in all the time in college, all the hits that he took in college. And unfortunate for him, he's not the player he once was, and it doesn't look like he'll ever be the player that he was again. He's also in a situation where... The dead cap is going to have the team stuck. 
We'll go, to, we'll go back to Black Friday's showdown between NC State and North Carolina in a little bit. But a couple other NFL loose ends to tie up. We talked about Russell Wilson being down bad in Denver. I do feel like what's going on with the Denver Broncos has more to do with Saturday's results or Sunday's results with the Panthers than anything else. Like, I'm not a believer in like, oh, you know, Steve Wilkes to be the guy who's going to maximize Sam Darnold. No, Sam Darnold wasn't the reason why they won the game. He was fine, but he's not the reason why they won the game. And what's what's crazy about the Panthers is that they're actually still in the hunt for the playoffs, uh, given the disastrous nature of the NFC South. But Russell Wilson isn't the only quarterback who a team doubled down on, mortgaged their future, and you're not seeing it pay off. You're also seeing that with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers uh, suffered a rib injury in yesterday's loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, which was a nuts game. That first quarter alone was highly entertaining. The Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in the third quarter. Here's what he had to say on his rib injury after the game. Best ribs, um, and it was in the first half, and then got kind of reactivated in the third quarter. Just having a hard time breathing and rotating my upper body, so I was worried uh, about punctured lung as well. So I wanted to get that checked out. Um, get a scan tomorrow. So that's Aaron Rodgers after the rib injury, talking about that. He also was asked about if he's had any thoughts on shutting it down. He can be a little bit of a mercurial guy from time to time. Mm, I don't think so. You know, as long as I check out fine tomorrow, I'll uh, expect to play this weekend. As long as I check out okay tomorrow. Um, you know, I might not be able to go Wednesday, but I'll, uh, as long as there's no, no major structural damage, I'll uh, try and get back out there. So that's Aaron Rodgers, uh, who looks hurt. The team's not good. Not only what they're going to make the playoffs, much like the Denver Broncos ain't making the playoffs. But the problem is, Julio, is that both the Denver Broncos and the Green Bay Packers are stuck with these guys, given the cap hits. Aaron Rodgers also has a broken bone in his thumb, mm-hmm. his throwing hand, which I don't know how that's even working. The The Packers have nothing to play for. They're 4-8, and eight, unlike the Panthers, who are 4-8. and eight. The division leader with the Packers is 9-2. and two. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not catching the Vikings, Joe. No. Now, there is an outside possibility they could catch either Seattle or one of the NFC East teams who have seven wins for the the, one, the last wild card spot. Do you really think they're going to go five and one in their last six games? I don't. No. I don't I, see that coming home. Don't see that. Broncos, according to um, the Spotrack, which is like a way to track uh, – the financials for various teams, their financial hits, cap hits, how the contracts are laid out. The Broncos can't necessarily get rid of Russell Wilson this offseason via a release. $107 million of dead cap, $39 million in 2023, $68 million in 2024, of which $67 million of that is a cash payment to Russell Wilson. The same thing applies to Aaron Rodgers in that the dead cap scenario gets continuously worse for for the Green Bay Packers. And I understand why I understand why teams get caught up in quarterbacks having longer futures than what we used to think. And the reason why is who? Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. We think we think all these guys are going to be Tom Brady. Let this be a lesson to you. 
they're not all Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a unicorn in terms of his production at his age and also a willingness to have deals restructured that can actually help things out. Aaron Rodgers cannot do that. Russell Wilson cannot do that. And this is why teams will continuously go through a coaching, a quarterback carousel rather than invest in these situations because it's only going to hurt you in the end. These are big rebuilds that are going to be going forward for these two teams. Contrast that to, say, Zach Wilson, right? So it's pretty clear after what happened this weekend <laughs> with the Jets. Not that we spent a lot of time talking about the Jets, but Zach Wilson stepped in it. He didn't handle a loss well last week. He gets benched to put Mike White out there. They end up beating the Chicago Bears. Zach Wilson has two years, $9.3 million fully guaranteed remaining on his rookie contract with the Jets, plus a fifth-year option for 2025. And, yeah, those are situations where the Jets can happily just move sure. on if it's not going to work out. Oh, this is what happens. You know, this is a high price game of poker. Mm-hmm. You go all in, you bust, but you, you got to sit out. <laughs> Can't just buy back in. <laughs> you got to sit out. Well, this ties us back to the Panthers. You know, the Panthers found themselves in the situation not being patient with the Teddy Bridgewater deal uh, under Matt Rule, and they went and chased. Now, the 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 Baker Mayfield thing didn't necessarily bother me. That's the scratch-off ticket. It was really picking up the fifth-year option on Sam Darnold that never made any sense to well, me. Well, the trades for Sam Darnold, the yes. trade up for Matt Corral. You, you gave away draft capital at for a spot where you weren't getting something in return. So that wasn't smart, but they haven't. They have, to their credit, they didn't get Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. not by their choice, but by his, and they haven't handcuffed themselves to a dead contract. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. We'll get back to college football, Black Friday, Chapel Hill, NC State, completely changing the way we talk about their year, thanks to a win over North Carolina again. <laughs> NC State, Giglio. Has had did the did the curse reverse candle work on the balance? So for I those, would have to say after the ECU missed kick and the Carolina missed kicked, yeah, I mean I have to say overall that was a win for those who might be a little lost in what we're talking about. When we went to the Final Four in New Orleans, I went into a witch shop and I bought some things to bring back. I, I bought some things to make the Final Four game between Duke and Carolina amazing, and it ended up being amazing. And then I brought back this clean house kit and a curse reverse candle for NC State. We went over to Carter Finley Stadium. We did the ceremony. I even doubled down. We went to a local place called Holy Rose and bought a couple candles, which are about to run out, by the way. And yeah, the, I think we had some believers in game one because of a missed kick by ECU. Now, NC State didn't go on to win the Atlantic Division. They even didn't go undefeated at home because, remember, we had sprinkled some stuff around Carter-Finley Stadium and it was supposed to help the the home slate, right? They end up losing to Boston College. But then when North Carolina happens and they win the game in overtime based on a, another missed kick, this time with Carolina, I did wonder. I had the candles lit, by the way, watching the game. I did wonder, did it work? Like, could it have been worse had we not done the things that we did, Julio? Oh, the ECU loss, yeah, for sure. Right? For sure. Okay. Don't forget Florida State comeback where Florida State, right. who's, like, been a world beater, by the way, other than that hiccup in the second half. Yeah, I I feel like, I think in the grand scheme of things, it, it was successful. I think the curse reverse stuff was successful because imagine if it didn't happen. Think of the ways that 
everything would have gone wrong for NC State. But it went right for NC State on Friday in Chapel Hill. An end of a season that completely gets recontextualized because Dave Dorn and the crew beat the rival. And they do it in a way that shows that NC State's got a little bit of an edge to it, a resiliency to it, that North Carolina as of late doesn't seem to have against the Wolfpack specifically. And you can get caught up in the saltiness. You can get caught up in the smack talk and not backing it up or backing it up and everything else. But I do think that that kind of stuff does give you the mental edge. I can roll my eyes at Dave Doran relating a story to the broadcast crew on ABC about being blue collar. I can roll my eyes at that. But if you know it works to give your team a little bit of that anger, a little bit of that edge to get over on your rival, well, then you do it. Here's the story that uh, the broadcast crew relayed in the middle of the game between NC State and North Carolina. Dusty, you were talking about the edge of Dave Dorn. In our conversation with him this week, Dorn said, look, they don't like us. We hate them. We're blue collar. They're elitist. Their coaches talk down to us. They talk behind our backs and recruiting negatively about our coaching staff. And we said, coach, is this off the record or on the record? He said, I don't give a bleep, <laughs> meaning it's on the record. And there you go. Now you heard it. Okay, so there's, <laughs> there's the story that was relayed on the broadcast. Like I said, I can roll my eyes at that. I do find it kind of amusing that uh, we're talking about blue-collar work ethic and not elitist from people who make $5 million plus and get to spend summers in Montana fishing and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, those kind of things don't really – those things bounce off of me. But if it works in setting it up for the team, more power to you. Dave Doran complaining about negative recruiting tactics. I mean, you got into college football, right? you're acting like you're the first coaching staff that's had to deal with negative recruiting as though North Carolina doesn't deal with their own level of negative recruiting. A lot of it probably based on Mac Brown's age from the minute he took that job. I know that was used against Mac Brown. Well, how long is he going to be there? He's going to retire. He's going to be the AD. He's going to be all that stuff. Anything you can say. But I do wonder if North Carolina apologizing for Drake May's comments ahead of Notre Dame, or you can go as far back to the general attitude of what happened with Courtney Bangart in basketball. Whether or not by being like nice or like, oh, no, we don't want to stir it too much up, you know, you know, this and that. If that backfires from time to time in terms of mentality of how you approach the rivalry game for you in football. Duke Carolina is a basketball rivalry, but in football, that's your rival, not Duke. That's the team you want to beat. That's who you compete with. I don't know why they've made them apologize. In each case was separate, right? Yeah. With Courtney Banghart, we said, we said the same thing. We're like, eh, I mean, you're being inaccurate about how you know the, the validity of nc state who's won your league three years in a row sure. right but yeah yeah i mean their fans probably were <laughs> shouting nasty things to her yes at reynolds coliseum would right. be my guess yes and then you know with drake may where he says well you, you know all the people who go to state couldn't get into carolina okay yeah i mean that's 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 banter um what what i find more interesting and this is a little more ethereal if you will okay what i find more interesting your topics here what I find more interesting is North Carolina should have been embarrassed by the way that they played against Georgia Tech. Agree. They should have been. Agree. And your chance to redeem yourself is to come out the next week at home against State, against the team that literally stole a game from you the previous year. Yeah. I did not see the type of response from that Georgia Tech loss that I wanted to from Carolina. Quick props to Phil Longo. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? The very first play of the game was a pass to... Josh Downs, because Josh Downs dropped the touchdown pass that would have beaten Georgia Tech. 
Very first play of the game is a play to get your guy going. Downs drops the ball. Throw wasn't that crisp. The whole first quarter I'm watching and I'm going, May's off a little bit mm-hmm. and Downs is off a little bit. And you know what's really hard to do? It's really hard to win games when you don't have your fastball. Now, Carolina has other talented players. Green on the outside, the receiver, the big kid, he can play. Power Eccles, the linebacker, makes a lot of plays for them. And people and they had injuries on their defense too. Yeah. Both of their corners were out in this game. But I think ultimately I'm watching this game and I'm going, you're you're trying to win left handed. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. Uh, sorry, uh, off-handed. People don't like it when I say left handed. <laughs> that's elitist. That's elitist. Yeah, some of us use our left hand. Right. That's elitist, yeah, like, Joe. You're trying to win backwards. Yeah. And it's unfortunate for Drake May that his his worst two games have been the past two weeks. But there's probably a straight line to the quality of defensive front that Georgia Tech showed, mm-hmm. and obviously the quality of defensive front that NC State has. Shout out to Tanner Ingle. I've said all season long. And this is mostly on pack therapy with Mike Lennon, where Mike wants to tell me how great NC State's defense is. Mm-hmm. And I push back each time. If you're great, and if you're about that life, then you have to be about that life. Sure. Tanner Ingle comes up with the interception late in that game to give NC State the late touchdown to put, put themselves in the position to win the football game. Those are the kind of plays that a great defense makes. Turn it around now on Carolina. If you want to be about that life, be about that life. Mm-hmm. Don't just say you are. Drake May and Josh Downs have been outstanding all season. No offense to Virginia, they're not good. Yeah. No offense to Virginia Tech, they're not good. So, in the games that mattered, you need to step up and play your best. And we didn't see that from them. And quite frankly, that's where I would be disappointed. Not about apologizing for Courtney Bangar. Not about apologizing for some joke that Drake May has probably told his whole life. Or his yeah. dad's told his whole life. His family's told his whole life. What I would be looking at is going... Why did we fall apart in the two most important weeks of our season? With that being said, you have a chance on Saturday to win the program's first ACC title since 1980. That's still an unbelievable chance. It is. That's a great position to be in if you're Carolina. And if you're Mac Brown, you're trying to circle the wagons and, and show your team one last time what you could be. Is that two trap games in a row? Is that what happened? leading Because that, that's, that's kind of what's... It's not a trap. It's a copycat. And that's also a coaching deficiency because if you look at what Georgia Tech did on their front, mm-hmm. State does, does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, And we saw this with, with Louisville and Wake Forest and then NC State and Wake Forest. It's a coaching deficiency. So you, you tip your hat to, Tony, um, to Gibson, Tony Gibson at NC State, who did an unbelievable job. And now you look at, but guess what, Joe? Guess what Clemson's going to do? They're going to do the same types of things. So you need to be ready to counter what those teams did that were, they were successful against you you bracket Josh Downs, you limit Josh Downs, and you kind of say, all right, you, other, the rest of the team needs to beat me. And North Carolina's weak spot on offense is their offensive line. Yes, They got pushed around a little bit. Guess what Clemson's front's going to do to you? They're going to push you around a little bit. So you need to figure out a ways around that. Do you keep some extra players in? Do you put extra protection in? Do you you know, do some different things to get your be- your best players the ball? That Those are the things they got to look at this week. COG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. If you miss anything from today's conversation, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, we're there. Here's where you and I will will converge. Because I do think it does come back to a mentality. To your point, the way you played against Georgia Tech, the way you lose that game, you should, trap game or not, you have a really easy week to bounce back from that. You know what? Yes. We, 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 got, we were caught at the sleep at the wheel. It's NC State. Here we go, right? We'll bounce back. But what's the general what's the general attitude 
at Carolina when it comes to NC State. All right. The idea being, man, we're crushing him in recruiting. You know, I bless Andrew <laughs> Carter. Bless Andrew Carter. Yeah. We love we love Andrew on this program. But Andrew gets a little too he gets a little uh, itchy trigger finger when he starts talking about like where programs are headed. I mean, I'm I'm not going to do my guy like this, but is it time to revisit the best program in the state conversation after App State goes in 6 and 6? But with NC State losing, I think it was the BC game, mm-hmm. and NC, and North Carolina winning at Virginia, and you saw where things were going, and Drake May, Heisman hype, and everything else, there was yet another conversation about the inflection point in which one program's going to start going upward trajectory, and the other program's about to find life in the gutter, right? And we do, we do this all the time with NC State and Carolina, yeah. and we know what the overall history is. No, y'all are probably more alike than you want to admit, but Tie it back to North Carolina's mentality. The mentality is, we're leaving you in the dust. We got you in recruiting. Everybody wants to be at UNC. It's that mentality that Drake made, like the joke that he said. He's probably told it a bunch of times, but that's mentality. Okay, you got to back it up. That's where the edge comes back into the conversation. And I am curious where that edge is when it comes to this. Like you said, the motivation should have been there after they spoiled it last year. It just was the cherry on top of the crap sandwich they had to eat throughout most of last year. It should have been there post-trap game. It should have been there with, you know what, let's show them that you aren't us. Let's back up what Drake May said before the Notre Dame game. Wasn't necessarily there. Whereas NC State clearly has an edge to them when it comes to this rivalry, and for the most part under Dave Doran, it's been really successful. And... I'm not trying to single out Mac Brown. This is a problem that has happened at North Carolina for a very long time. Butch Davis struggled with it. Larry Fedora struggled with it. Mac Brown's struggling with it right now. As you mentioned earlier, John Bunting was the one who didn't seem to struggle with it. No, nope, maybe the Bunting got player. it. No, he was he was all over it, man. Because it's not just about NC State. Because you know how many times I've heard like, oh, you know, we weren't taking ECU seriously or something like that. Sure, you can't do that because history tells you you cannot do that. So somebody's got to snap North Carolina out of that. I'll be curious to see, like the planning of the flag thing, right? Oh, it's going to motivate him for next year. Maybe? I don't know. The way Denver's offense has been not functioning. Anemic. There was no way they were getting back into that game. And it does make me, it, it, it does make me wonder. There's two things that are at play here. There's what Steve Wilkes is doing as the interim head coach. And at least with the Panthers now, I know what they're trying to do. You could never tell that with Matt Rule, right? You could never tell what a Matt Rule Carolina Panthers team was trying to do. With Wilkes, they seem to have some semblance of an identity. He challenged the team, and they responded. That's another thing you can ask. Uh, I know that was uh, all out and about today about how he challenged the top picks, their top guys, go out there and do it, and they, they played better. But something funny happened this weekend, and he was introduced today as the next head coach of Nebraska football, Matt Rule. Matt Rule was owed a hell of a lot of money, guaranteed, after he was fired. The only way that the Panthers, David Tepper, the owner, the only way that they were going to get out of that was somebody was going to come along and pay him enough money to offset it. Well, the white knight seems to be the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who are paying Matt Rule over eight years, what, $71 million? 74. So they'll get 9.25 mil per year. 90% of that is guaranteed. Yeah. Big 10 money ain't no joke. So guess who's free and clear? David Tepper. Now he can go out there and overpay for whoever else is the next Wonderkin coach. <laughs> I'm do very you, confident. Do you know Tepper. why rich people stay rich? 
Why is that? Like, if you or I owed somebody $36 million, it would be the end of our lives. Yes, it would. It would be it. Yes. Like, there, there's nothing I can do to come up with $36 million. Yes. These rich, a rich person like David Tepper is like, well, I can't, I, I owe this guy $36 million. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nah, 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 don't worry. I'll call, uh, I'll call Big Red in Lincoln and I'll get this thing done. And all the, lo and behold, hey, uh, yeah, you, you definitely want Matt Rowley. He's a great <laughs> college coach. Great college coach. All of a sudden, the rich guy doesn't owe anybody $36 million. You or me, we'd be walking around like pulling hair out. I, I can't. How are, where can I come up with this $36 million Dude, I owe this person? That's me today as I'm, you know, because interest rates aren't so great. So I'm, I'm in the process of finally getting around to replacing the Honda Fit that got totaled back in July. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, how am I going to do this show? Interest rates are like 6%. Holy crap. I was gonna, should I finance it? Do I have enough money to allocate to like pay this up straight up? Like, what am I doing here? I don't know if I can make this work. But my credit cards. Oh man, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. Yeah, there's no. There you is, just need Trev Alberts to come and take care of you. I do not have Trev Alberts to go. Hey, obvious. Don't worry. I will offset the cost of your car by having the official vehicle for Nebraska Cornhusker football. Like, no, that doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, must be good. Really should though. What? Everyday game. problems just get offset, <laughs> just by, offset by some another comedy comedy. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Ovius. I got you. We're good. Not only is your insurance money going to cover it, but we'll cover it by offsetting the cost by having the official vehicle of Cornhusker football that Matt Rule will drive around in. What do you think Matt Rule will drive around in? What do you think would make Matt Rule more relatable in Nebraska? The most relatable car that he could drive? In Nebraska. Oof. It's got to be a lifted truck, something, right? Something that has corn fuel, right? They have that oh, yet? Oh, Do we I have that it's, yet? It's, it's all flex fuel. Okay. It's all flex fuel. Yeah, he's fine. Actually, I think, I think Matt Rule is going to drive around in a modified DeLorean, and rather than trash, you just put entire corn. husks of corn into the machine, and you go from there. 8605-FAN, 8605-326. We're still looking for a contestant to play the OG mixtape. While we wait, let's give you our hot and cold of the weekend. Brought to you by Any Day Heating and Cooling, a family-owned company. Julio, your hot of the weekend. My hot of the weekend, after losing a must-win game to Kansas on Wednesday, NC State men's basketball defeated Dayton and Butler in the battle for Atlanta's to pick up two important neutral site wins over top 75 teams. My hot of the weekend goes to Mike White. Highest passing, according to Football Outsiders, highest passing DVOA performance. 70% by Jets QB in the past two years. The next closest is Zach Wilson, who wasn't very good back in week four of 2021. You know what this means, right? Mike Greenberg is about to have another child and name him Mike White. Oh, no. Because that's what he does. Or they're going to have another pet, and he's going to name that pet Mike White. Because that's what happens in New York anytime there's some semblance of a QB. Competence in New York gets you, like, we will name a straight after you. So congratulations to Mike White, who's the next Jets savior. Who's your Colts uh, cold of the weekend? My cold of the weekend goes to Jerry Falwell Jr. Mm. and Liberty left holding the bag. You freeze going into the last game of the season. They're eight and three playing at home. They're their favorites, Joe. They end up losing 49 to 14 to New Mexico State while you freeze Jets off to Auburn. Uh, our friend Owen asked the question, trying to imagine an ACC equivalent of Auburn hiring Hugh Freeze. 
I mean, the closest thing in the ACC to Auburn is NC State. Yeah. So they would have to hire Bobby Petrino. Yeah, I guess Louisville going back to How Petrino. About How about this? How about this? Hear me out. Let's say things don't work out with Kevin Keats. Let's just hypothetically speaking, okay. Kevin Keats doesn't work at NC State. Rick Patino. That's his guy, though, so he would never. I mean, if the money's right. My cold of the weekend goes to Russell Wilson. Man, you know, you know it's bad. You know it's bad for Russell Wilson and the whole let's ride motif. When James Brown on CBS during their postgame show and they're going through the scoreboard, looks at the Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos score, and says, Broncos Nation, let's ride to another L. If you don't, James Brown is one of the straightest arrow broadcasters outside of Mike Tirico. I was just saying, I have zero clue what axe he would possibly have to grind. Is he None. A, is he a big Sierra fan? Is I don't he... know. I don't know. Well, he wouldn't be a Sierra fan. He'd be a future fan in this particular case. So, like, like Mike Tirico is probably the most straight-laced yes. guy in the NFL. James Brown's up there, man. Close. So, like, to just get a little dig at Russell Wilson like that? Whoo! You know it's bad. You know it's bad. That's our hot and cold of the weekends brought to you by Any Day Heating and Cooling. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Check out the WRL Knights of Lights. It's back in action. It's officially the holiday season after we re- we we respected the bird. And you can find your tickets on WRL Knights of Lights. Dot com. Did you? How did you? You probably you disrespected the bird eventually on Thursday, right? Yeah, uh, deep fried two of them, roasted one. You didn't. Um, you didn't. They were fully thought out, right? Yes. I'm not, not amateur hour. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I will watch like all the, the videos. Like, like, the, the... De- like the U.S. Department of Safety or whatever will put out a compilation video of people putting or showing you what happens if you put a frozen turkey or not a fully thought out turkey in a deep fryer. I watch them every single time. They're fascinating. Speaking of me. those types of videos, uh, uh, related to them, have you seen the roller skating commercial video? No. About not doing drugs? No. I and not having that. premarital sex? No. Yes. Oh, yes. Cox, oh, you need I know to find exactly what this is. Oh, I'll send it's it to you. It's hysterical. I'm gonna have to oh, look, I'm it's an old it. one. Oh, it's old? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, Rhett and Link are in it. I thought it was new. Oh, wait. That can't be a. That has to be a parody video. If it's Rhett no, Link. it's an no. actual commercial Logo about a roller skating rink in in Reno, Nevada. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll look it up during the I'll break. I'll send it to you.